Hey everyone, and welcome to the show. I'm James, that's Katie, and that makes this the first ever episode 28 of Cloud Control. And Kate, might I just be the first to say, the very first episode from your new house, welcome to your new home. That's true, it is, it's very exciting. Uh, thank you. Um, please stay tuned for how much different it looks when there's stuff on the walls and it isn't just a weird box of boxes right now. <laughs> We've been through a few moves over the podcast of the last little bit. And so hopefully, mm-hmm. I'm just hoping this is like the last one we have for a while. It's a lot of work. Yeah, man, moving all those I'm boxes. kind of sick of it, to be honest. Like I was watching um, uh, one of the the indie directs uh, for summer game fest and they had unpacking coming to spell and i was like oh great unpacking so fun and then i looked around my house and i was like oh i don't want to do that <laughs> it's like this is the last game i want to play right now oh my god game is terrible in real life <laughs> <laughs> is there a game that the fun decreases more from the game version to the real life version than unpacking i don't think so Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm also playing Bloodborne, and I will say I don't think I'd want to do that in real life either. <laughs> okay, well, I guess the caveat but, is, like, the game has to exist in real life. I was thinking, like, FIFA, yeah. you know, like, play some soccer. Mm-hmm. It's pretty fun right. either yeah, way you true. do it. <laughs> that's true. The ratio is a hell of a lot better than unpacking, but, uh, yeah. Oh, it's man. fun for the first day, and then you're like, no, please, no. <laughs> <laughs> pretty much, eh? Pretty much, but... Yeah, yeah so, so I guess that affects our recording just a little bit in the sense that this is, like, you know, we're tweaking the setup here. If the audio is a bit weird on Kate's side or something, we'll fix it next time. Mm-hmm. Um, same Maybe. for my audio, actually, too. <laughs> we'll see. But, uh, but, yeah, so I guess that's your news. I got some news, too. Um, for those that have been listening to the recent episodes we've put out, uh, Kate and I have developed like a new wager system for how we're doing our predictions around different showcases and events. And so, you know, I was the inaugural loser of our first prediction event. I, I lost our um, PlayStation Showcase prediction um, competition. So before we get into the show today at all, um, I just want to talk to you about my cheap game I had to buy for three bucks because <laughs> that's our rule. Whoever uh, does worse on predictions has to buy a $3 or less game and, uh, you know, subject ourselves to a little bit of what we find. So without further ado, um, I played a little game called Jetboard Joust and I found this game. It was three bucks on uh, Epic Games. It came into 307 after tax. We agreed tax doesn't count. It didn't break the yep, rules. Yeah, that's fine. That's fine. So, you know, it, there was a little bit of competition, but I, I tried this one out because it interested me in terms of what it was. It's actually a roguelike, and it's kind okay. of loosely the based on... So do you remember that classic kind of arcade game we would have played back in the day on like Shockwave or something? And it, it was called Joust, and you had to like run oh, into the you're people. Oh, on, on those like big ostrich things, right? Yeah, yeah. So this is Jetboard yeah, Joust. Yeah, I do remember. It's got some like sort of similar mechanics. Basically, what you're doing is you are... You're this guy on the jet board and you are taking out aliens that are coming from the sky to abduct people on the ground. And you're trying to stop people from getting taken by aliens. And you have some guns, you have your board, you can use your board to boost into the enemies or you can shoot them. And as you kill them, you collect currency and whatnot. And as you, you know, finish the level, there's like a vault, that triangle thing for anyone watching on video goes underground. There's some weapons in there. You can like buy different guns and then you can in between levels use your currency to like upgrade those guns or upgrade your suit upgrade your board so the idea is kind of cool i mean um pretty basic from what you can see i played a little bit um it's interesting like i couldn't really figure out exactly how the currency worked like i don't know if it collects between runs or if you can just spend it like on the run you're currently on um 
but yeah, I mean, this is pretty much the whole game. It's 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 a it's a little bit of fun, but I mean, it's hard to steer. That's the one thing I will tell you. That's the first thing I noticed is like it's quite imprecise. Like I found it hard to line up my shots against the enemies. But I also think maybe that's why you need to upgrade the guns. It's like incentive to to make it further or something. Um, there's a little story. There's like five. The story is my favorite part of the game. Actually, there's like a little cutscene before, and there's you know five different planets come up, and there's some cheesy story, and then there's five guardians put on each one, and you got to make it through the levels to to take them out and save the planet or whatever it is. So, this is Jetboard Jousting. What do you think? You know what? It's actually it doesn't look good, but it looks cute for three dollars and i hope you didn't suffer too extremely no. by having to play it listen there were some <laughs> things i saw on there that i could have you know like i said there's some things that you can find that are like discounted good games like bioshock and whatever it's two bucks sometimes or dishonored mm -hmm. and whatever but i didn't want to go that route and then i wasn't about to play like one of those cheap platinum shitty platformers that just has nothing so i took mm -hmm. a chance and i think i succeeded so what i think we should do is Whoever loses the next bet, spoiler alert, it might be me again when we get there. I think we should keep like a running list of of like a tier list of the games we buy for these challenges. Mm -hmm. So like the next game, it'll be upon me to decide if it's better or worse than Jetboard Joust. Than Jetboard Joust? Okay, I love it. Jetboard Joust is our, is our current like FIFA, yeah. like the benchmark game. Exactly. Like, is it better or is it worse? Exactly. I really like that idea. And then eventually we'll have like a list of all these games. Anyway, that was mm -hmm. Jetboard Joust. I don't want to spend any more time on it because we have a lot to talk about on the show today. So I'll let you know. We're going to be recapping Summer Game Fest on everything that was shown at the showcase uh, a few days ago. Um, and then, coincidentally, one of the things shown at the showcase was a gameplay demo or gameplay section for Lies of P and a demo was announced during the showcase. And we've both played at least part of the demo. And we're going to tell you all about our thoughts on that um, at the end of the show. So that'll be great. Um, we're going to start off with Summer Game Fest recap, like we said, but of course, we're going to do listener mail first, um, actually, because our listener mail question this week is about Summer Game Fest, and it's simply, what did you think of the show? What were your overall impressions? And uh, we'd love to hear from you if you want to email us in at cloudcontrolpod at proton.me, um, or you can comment, of course, on YouTube or wherever you're listening as well. Um, but I'd like to extend that question to you, Kate. What did you think of Summer Game Fest? Can I watch my Summer Game Fest? always do maybe my bias is just towards like i just like watching it and like i'm pretty easily entertained by the uh the offerings they have i would say that for things i'm personally excited about it was a little sparse but i think that there overall were a lot of really fun announcements and the way Jeff does it is just so rapid fire. And Jeff is such a great host that there weren't really, there was maybe one part where I was like, okay, you can get off the stage. <laughs> it's gone on a little long, um, you know, when they had a surprise guest. Uh, but I really enjoyed it. And if you're a Final Fantasy fan, you are eating well tonight. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. It's true. Yeah, I, I totally agree too. And like the thing that stuck out for me the most is just having the crowd back in there as well. Like yeah. you can tell, like, it's just, it's not even so much about the crowd for me. It's more like how Jeff is able to to play to the crowd a little bit, and it's, it's just different delivering a presentation. I think in an, mm -hmm. in like a full you know stadium or theater versus on a stage. It's kind of you know by yourself it's with a production crew or something. Like it's just more genuine. I think so. I I really like the energy mm -hmm. of having the the crowd and everything there. But yeah, it was a great presentation, and I think and uh, you know lots of good stuff shown. So let's get right into that. Um, so it started off with a new Prince of Persia game, uh, which was 
I don't know if that was rumored or not. I'm not too sure, but I think it looked pretty cool. It's a Metroidvania style as well. Like they're not doing the 3D action. So um, I think this is one to keep our eyes on. Yeah, I, I agree. I don't think I've ever really been into the Prince of Persia franchise. I couldn't even really tell you a hell of a lot about it aside from just, you know, vaguely being able to decipher it based on the setting. But this actually looks pretty cool. The combat looks fun. It looks fast. There's platforming. Like, I think this actually is the game I'm surprising going to keep my eye on. Yeah, I think the fact it's Metroidvania is interesting as well. Mm-hmm. I, I know there was a lot of people hoping for Sands of Time remake, which is like, so I think that's the iconic game of the series, right? I'm not mm-hmm. really familiar with Prince of Persia's either, but I know like Sands of Time was so iconic, like the ability to rewind and all that back in the day and the wall run was was so cool. But um, mm-hmm. yeah. Okay, but own. I think like a Metroidvania is, makes so much sense for the franchise, right? Because like mm-hmm. you have those platforming elements, like it's got some combat, you're going to get, all the power up so like maybe that sand rewind is gonna play into it at some point and like all those kind of like gimmicks that might have been like for one specific game can now just be like repurposed so like you know just upgrade paths for this mm-hmm. new lost crown so yeah true enough and i know the game like those games were originally 2d as well so it's kind of a cool mm-hmm. throwback to those really old ones yeah um, so after that, Mortal Kombat 1 got an extended first look. And I don't know how, like, it's another fighting game thing. We always say the same thing. But, I mean, I really like the way they're resetting it, I think. You know, like, I can appreciate that. It's such a long-running franchise. It seems like at least they're they're changing up, you know, like Scorpion and Sub-Zero or Friends now or something. Like, you know, that must be cool, I think, for, for uh, people to get a refresh. I agree. I think just, like, it's only what we say, right? If you're into Mortal Kombat, this is awesome. If you're not into Mortal Kombat, it's more Mortal Kombat. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. characters look cool like the game looks great i really like that um sword guy who's got like the ghost that fights with him that's a cool new character um i hope my bug girl's back in it but she wasn't in the trailer so don't get your hopes <laughs> maybe <laughs> you know how do you feel about the assist fighter thing like they're doing with that because it's kind of like that marvel vs. capcom style thing you know where you can call in your partners and they can attack for you and it seems like they can do some combos and stuff too yeah and that as far as i know is new to more I think it was always just a one-on-one before, right? Where yeah. I think Injustice was the one that had the more characters. Well, it's still people. one-on-one. You can't you can't play as the characters, yeah. but they can just kind of come in. And I I mean, it's kind of like a expanded move set, I guess, for the character you mm-hmm. pick. I don't know how it works, but yeah. I mean, it seems it seems kind of interesting. interesting. It's I'm glad it's like differentiated like from. Match, sort of. Yeah, I'm glad it's differentiated from Street Fighter because. Mm-hmm. Street Fighter's just killing it right now, and it, it would be good to have like multiple different, you know, different versions of a fighting mm-hmm. game to come out. So I'm glad they're not like taking the same exact formula for each of the games. Mm-hmm. Not that I'll play this, but <laughs> I might play Street Fighter though. It looks really fun, single player. Um, okay, Path of Exile Two. Um, I missed a little bit of this one. I'm not gonna lie. I was kind of distracted during part of the presentation, so I'm gonna let you take the lead on on this one. Yeah. It's like Diablo 4, but it's not Diablo. It's Path of Exile. Um, so definitely one of those like our ARPGs, like the top-down clicky dungeon ones. Build your character. Have We've a got set. thousands of. Yeah. Have a. <laughs> that was an ad, everybody. Sorry about that. It's Walmart intruding on the podcast. I'll be honest. That scared the shit out of me. I was like, I'm dead. I've accepted my my mortality. <laughs> um wow okay uh well let me tell you there's a few horror games coming up and none of them are as scary as that so i'm ready for those you know Um, from 
Path of Exile has some really nice graphics. It is a very pretty game, actually. And I will say, like, the aesthetic of Path of Exile has always looked really good. Like, it's got that kind of, like, dark, like, grim dark, like, deep dark fantasy kind of thing, and it pulls it off really well. Um, but yeah, yeah I, I didn't even realize that there was a second game being made. That first game is, like, seems like it's still getting updated and, like, constantly getting new things. So this is definitely a cool surprise. Yeah, I don't know if we knew about this either, but I'm like, this is not what I keep track of, really. This is like, I see this at the showcase, and I'm like, oh, okay, <laughs> nice. Um, yeah, that's great, though. That's great. Hopefully Diablo 4's popularity can can kind of boost this game as well. Because Diablo yeah, 4 is maybe, Yeah, and maybe give your money to the non-Blizzard version that also looks <laughs> That could be cool, too. Just an option. <laughs> <laughs> Consider. Um, okay, so then we had Street Fighter Six. Oops, just kidding. It's Exoprimal. Um, but the, the skin for Ryu introduced here is very cool. Like he's like a mechanized version of himself. Um, they do like a Hadouken in there too. So it's like kind of looked like Street Fighter for a minute, but, um, yeah, Exo Primal, I think it's coming to Game Pass, but I don't know if this one's for me. It doesn't seem to be, to be, uh, I don't know. It's not standing out to me in, in any way, really. I was very confused at the start of this trailer because I was like, oh, Street Fighter. Oh, perfect. Here comes the new character announcement. And I was like, no. Exo Primal, and it was just like the weirdest cross. Well, seemingly the weirdest crossover ever until the next thing happened, <laughs> uh, which is not in this list that we are looking at. But one cannot forget that your good old friend Nick Cage showed up. That <laughs> that was, was the best part oh, of the showcase, was it not? <laughs> this was so funny to me because you watched this before I did. I was at school and I I wasn't able to watch it live, so I had to get caught up in the evening. And you told me, you're like, okay, after Exo Primal, like, you're going to be blown away. You said something like <laughs> my that. Exact words, my exact me. words were, after Exo Primal is the greatest trailer of all, the greatest character intro trailer of all time, I think is was my text. Yeah, I think what you said, but the way I read it was like, oh, I'm going to be excited about the next thing. I was watching it with, like, with someone, and, and <laughs> Exo Primal came on. I was like, oh, the next thing is going to be awesome. Like, the next thing is going to be so excited. And I was, like, trying to think, like, what is it going to be? <laughs> and, then, and then Nicholas Cage shows up, and it turns out he's in Dead by Daylight, which is hilarious. But I think it's a big missed opportunity that he's not one of the monsters you can play as. He's just, like, a survivor you can be. That is what I think. I think being thought. the Nick Cage monster that's, like, chasing your friends down and going to kill you as Nick Cage would be, like, so incredibly funny. I 100% agree. Like, but that trailer, like, he just walks up and then he just leaves. <laughs> like, he doesn't up. say anything. It's just, like, awesome. But then Nick Cage himself came out and... I think he killed it, to be honest. Like, a lot of the time, yeah. these celebrities come on and you can tell, like, you know, like The Rock comes on with his his energy drink and yeah. he's like, hey, gamers, do you like video games? Like, he doesn't have any idea what's going on. But, like, this, Nick Cage, like, he seemed like he legit knew what he was talking about. I'm sure he gets briefed and stuff and he's obviously, like, a good speaker. But he seemed to be, mm -hmm. like, actually somewhat knowledgeable about the game that he was in and I found that so refreshing. Well, I think he's gotten to the point, too, where, like, he knows he's a meme and like mm. he's embraced that. So they probably came to him like, hey, everyone thinks you're funny. Do you want to be in this like kind of funny horror game? And he was like all on board for doing that kind of work. So I think he knew it was like sort of a joke. And like he really just like went like all on board with that with that premise, <laughs> which like I respect the guy for that. <laughs> totally, right? Totally. But at least he knew the subject matter too, which is like it's yeah, a joke oh, and yeah. he knew his stuff. Like I think he, he was great. It's like the greatest celebrity uh 
of all time that showed up at Game Fest or something. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's the new Keanu Reeves of uh, of twenty twenty three. Just gotta hope the game he shows up in isn't as janky on release as Keanu's game. Mm-hmm. Um, so you're excited for Witchfire, right? Which is the next game that I we saw. I'm excited for Witchfire. It is really cool. It very much feels to me kind of like a Metal Health Singer sort of gameplay. Like it's not a rhythm game, but just the way the shooting is that kind of like, I don't know, like I guess more of like Doomy kind of style. It looks like it's got good movement. I really like the kind of, you know, like eerie fantasy setting. It's made by the same team that made The Vanishing of Ethan Carter, which makes sense mm-hmm. as to why it looks so incredibly gorgeous, because that game was incredibly gorgeous. Um, yeah, but the devs have said it's a Souls-like, Doom-like shooter. So, so okay, what does this mean? We're going too far here, everybody. It can't be two <laughs> likes at once. <laughs> I, well, it's somewhere in between. If you have them both on the end of the spectrum, this is perfectly in the middle. I, I just think, I think, I just think, I think it has a good dodge roll and maybe, maybe you lose stuff when you die. Mm. I don't know. Hard to tell. Um, there's some melee though. Like you can go and punch guys. There's, you know, elemental magic. You're fighting creepy gooey skeletons. Like I actually mm-hmm. think Witchfire looks really cool. It reminds me of a game called Remnant from the Ashes. Yes. Which um, you might yeah. have to remember for later in the showcase notes. <laughs> So Witchfire to me does look really cool. Like I, I think it looks nicely polished and fun to play and everything. Mm-hmm. I, I, the one thing I gotta say about it is like I love this aesthetic as well, but I think mm-hmm. I'm getting a little bit oversaturated with it. I feel mm-hmm. like a lot of things coming out these days are all doing this like kind of dark, sort of like in the foresty kind of, you know, witch demons kind of thing. And it's like I love that art style, but. I don't like it when everything has it. And I feel like between this oh. and a few other games like Path of Exile and then um, the one you just said as well, Remnant. And it's like a lot of games just have this look. Lies of P as well, like it's kind of similar. Mm-hmm. It's very different, like, but it's, you know, creepy tone kind of stuff. Yeah, I I understand. And then there may be a world where I get that fatigue, but I that there's so many years of its space time that uh, I am yeah. so on board with everything being dark fantasy time yeah. because that's my time. No, I mean, fair <laughs> enough. It's, it's... I've, I've waited all these years for your goddamn space games. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. No, that's fair. I mean, variety is always good, right? But I think it's one of those things where I'm just glad there's so many of these games because I just always have one in my back pocket to pull exactly. out when I feel in the mood. So. You're saying Final Fantasy fans are eating well. Like, everything, every second game coming out these days is a Souls-like, so... <laughs> Uh, yeah, but that doesn't mean that they all it's like, feel like a soul. Like, it's, it's, you can say it all you want, but they're not. That's exactly right. It's like being a first-person shooter in the 2010s. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. Uh, so there's a VR shooter after this, Crossfire Sierra Squad. I mean, I don't have a VR. I'm sure it's fun. I don't have a VR. I will say that none of these shooter games in VR look fun to me, but then they dual wield, and it's like, oh, hang on. <laughs> I don't know what it is about the second they've got two guns. It's all of a sudden exciting. I just like the, the idea of like, like pointing in different directions yeah, and doing all that cool exactly. stuff. One gun could not care less. Two guns. Ooh. You know, that's a good point <laughs> though. Same thing. That's a good point. Yeah. Cause if you think about it, there's not really any games where you can dual wield guns in the game, but shoot them like wherever you want in different directions. VR is like yeah. the only way to make that work. Exactly, because normally, like, you still have your, like, mouse or your cursor that you are, like, directing Mm -hmm. towards. Like, you have your stick, like, that's the only way it really works. Like, maybe in some, like, twin stick bullet hells, you could have, like, both things, but then how do you move? It's really, 
like it's not something that's easy i think to control no, on I a think... controller but in vr there's no limitations it's like every vr game should be beat saber or a dual wieldy gun game <laughs> beat saber coincidentally a dual wielding game too i think we're on to something here i think we've unlocked mm-hmm. the secret of what a good vr game is it's mm-hmm. dual wielding. I think, I think so. <laughs> um, after that, we had Remnant 2. Um, this was a complete surprise for me as well. I didn't even know they were working on a sequel. And I know we talked about uh, Remnant before on uh, like a way longer, long ago oh, episode nice. of the show back when it was on PS Plus. But I really enjoyed Remnant when I played it. I think it was cool that it was three-player co-op, like designed specifically for three being the max. And I, I played with a couple friends, you know, we had some some fun, like the way that it was randomly generated in the sense that you could run into bosses at different times. Like that, that was pretty mm-hmm. cool. I, w- I could definitely see a, a world where this comes out and, you know, I don't know if it's coming to Game Pass or something, but if a couple friends were like, you know, we should play this, I would definitely be interested in, in checking it out if, it, if it's like an improvement on the first. Yeah, I agree. I'm pretty excited for this. I I never finished the first one and I really want to go back and do so now. I, I think it's definitely something that like is worth playing co-op if you mm-hmm. have the chance to. Um, I think I played two instead of three and it still felt good. But yeah, I, I like this. The aesthetic seems a little bit more almost like tech. Oh, it's like tech alien fantasy in this one. Like, <laughs> yeah. It reminds me a little bit of Returnal actually, which is like a huge, uh, huge like positive bias for me to have. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm super excited about this game, and uh, it I don't know maybe like slightly above Witchfire, but they both look similar, mm-hmm. and I want to play both of them. <laughs> the fact that this one is co-op is a huge boost to me over Witchfire, like because <laughs> I think that that would get me in yeah. a lot more. But uh, but yeah, let's hope it improves on the first. Um, interestingly enough, Sonic is back, and uh, my prediction was wrong. Or no, I didn't predict Sonic for this. Oh yeah, we didn't you talk about our Sonic predictions DLC. yet. It was DLC. You predicted That's Sonic right. DLC. Um, I shouldn't have said the DLC. I should have just said Sonic because we have a new 2D mm-hmm. Sonic game. It's 2D uh, Sonic Superstars. Um, not a, It's not a Sonic Mania sequel. It's got a new art style mm-hmm. and is also a multiplayer game. Um, I think it's up to four people, right? With Sonic and Tails and Knuckles and all those guys. And I don't know. It seems like a much different take on Sonic than we've seen before. Like there's a lot of kind of power-ups almost in a Mario sense that I got from the trailer. So it seems to have a lot less speed going for it as well. And maybe more, um, you know, maybe that's to do with the, the co-op nature of it. I guess like full speed 2D Sonic would be pretty hard with four people. Mm-hmm. You would just constantly be like off the screen <laughs> or like having yeah. to wait if there's like an invisible wall for your friends. So yeah, that's a tough sell. I, I know this is kind of cool. I don't know if like anything would get me back into Sonic that wasn't Sonic Adventure 2 or Adventure 3 Battle. <laughs> sure. um, but I mean, I, I think it's cool. I really hope it does well because poor Sonic fans need need a few more wins. <laughs> I know. They really do. They're one of the most downtrodden groups in all of video games, honestly. God bless you, Sonic fans, for sticking up for, <laughs> for what you believe in. Um, yeah, I don't know. Like the, Something about this one felt off to me, you know? Like, I would like to try this if someone gets it, but I don't know the way it moved like it almost seemed a little too slow in a sense like what is sonic if it's not super fast i don't want to be like Mm -hmm. make a big judgmental about it one thing i did read actually too um which was interesting is apparently this is being developed by a studio which is led by the original games developer um development leader maybe a very good sign yeah i don't know what that means like i'm really not up on sonic development teams but i i would hope that means something good 
don't have your your sonic lore <laughs> sadly um, not yeah. sadly not although sadly i am not. playing uh, frontiers here and there so a little bit more sonic than than you i guess um honkai star rail is a game that i don't care about but man um i don't know it's going to be really popular i'm sure it's taking the world by storm yeah um yeah you know you few anime games in there and sometimes they're persona and it's really exciting and sometimes they're not persona and you just kind of it's where you you know you get a snack or like <laughs> whatever um no i i mean i don't talk shit about it as far as like jrpgs go this one like combat system kind of looks interesting but well, uh, do you know what I this game is? Hours to play. This is this um, is not a JRPG. This is a this well it is an oh, RPG. Is it I guess. This is a Genshin, Genshin ripoff. Game? Oh, then I'm This out. is this Never is Genshin mind. with turn-based combat instead of action combat is what it is. Uh, okay. Well, the turn-based combat does look like a step up. I will give them that. Um, <laughs> you know, it's, so, that, it's really unfortunate because they have a cool art style going on here in some senses, like some of the designs, the weapons are are kind of cool, like in a persona y way. Like if this was presented with the same art style, but they were like, "Hey, a persona spinoff," we would not criticize the anime art style. We'd be like, "This is fucking is, cool." That is very true. I think it's just there. There, it's one of those things where it's like it really just is. Um, like if it's your niche area, like mm -hmm. you know, like some people be like, "Oh, those Souls like games looks like they all look the same," and I'd be like, yeah. "No, I this looks the same too. These all look the same." <laughs> Exactly. Like I could very give, I yeah. could give you like a seventeen-hour PowerPoint presentation about how you're wrong, and I'm sure like people who are into those like JRPGs could do the exact same thing. But I think the one thing that stands out is they all use such a very similar art style. So at a very surface level look, they all look very similar. But I'm sure there's a lot of like nuances that do. I think that's true of like pretty apart. much any genre though, really. Like if you were to show me yeah. the HUD of any of those Souls-like games, I wouldn't be able to tell you the difference. <laughs> like, Just yeah, like I wouldn't be able to tell true. you which of these guys is from this game versus Fire Emblem versus Persona. Like I wouldn't be able to tell you that either. It just depends mm -hmm. like what we're familiar with, I think is the, is the difference. That's true, yeah. It, it's you can only, like see, the, that you you can only see the variety in something when you're familiar with the subject matter, I think. Yeah. Um, that is anyway, exactly that's just my true. own take. And that's why it's good to, you know, yeah. try new things out sometimes because you learn a lot about it aside from your initial judgment. Hey, and great segue, Kate. You couldn't have said it better because tr speaking of trying new things out, uh, the next thing shown was Liza <laughs> P, which we are going to conveniently skip over um, for now mm -hmm. because we're going to have a whole second segment on our thoughts on the demo. That is correct. But one thing I want to point out before we do move on is that this article has summed the game up as moody having moody Pinocchio vibes. And that's just a phrase I want to, to stick around a little bit longer. <laughs> so, <laughs> it's so specific. Like, oh, what are the vibes tonight? Oh, you know, moody Pinocchio. <laughs> moody Pinocchio. <laughs> so, so well known. And then, the, and then your friend you're talking to would be like, oh, I know exactly what you mean by that. Yeah, oh, of course. Yeah. Like, oh, I, I'm more of a like, you know, mellow Pinocchio vibe guy myself. But <laughs> I just, I just love it. I think that's a phrase no one has ever uttered in their entire life is moody Pinocchio vibes. And uh, <laughs> until this moment, I love it. Until this moment. So speaking um, of art styles, what do you think of the Sandland art style? Because this again is anime. However, it is the Dragon Ball Z guy, which it looks a lot different than other anime styles um, to me. Yeah, I thought this was Dragon Quest. Mama, right? I thought this was Dragon so Quest. I, I have two things about Sandland. Is first of all, I was very proud of myself because it's from a, like a big time anime artist, and I was like, oh, maybe it's the Dragon Ball guy, and it was Akira Toriyama, aka the Dragon Ball guy. And two, um, I just think Sandland is so funny. 
<laughs> I, like it's just a funny name. We've uh, we've been playing. Me and a group have been playing a lot of like a Dune board game, and so that's like Dune the Desert Planet. And so um, we've been like just kind of it's become like a bit of a joke to be like, oh, Colin I'm gonna Sandling. be like the king of I'm gonna be like the king of sand. And so like being like the prince of sand has become this like stupid joke. So we saw Sandland. We're like, oh, you can be the prince of sand <laughs> in Sandland. Um, but no, I, I think it looks really cute. I love, I like the art a lot. It's, it's, there's something really nostalgic about it. Hundred percent, hundred percent. That it's very like iconically his art. When you see Dragon mm-hmm. Quest or DBZ or like this, I guess Sandland. I'd never heard of Sandland. Apparently, it's like an old franchise that they've had in their pocket for quite a while. I don't. I, I mean, I don't know anything about it. Be cool to look it up though. Um, I don't know if I'll mm-hmm. play it. Probably not. I mean, there's too many things, right? What is Sandland? I don't think so. Um, okay, speaking of games we're not going to play, <laughs> how about maybe the most generic fantasy game name of all time, Throne and Liberty uh, from Amazon <laughs> Games. Uh, it's an MMO that will yeah. probably get shut down when it doesn't make enough money for Jeff Bezos. Uh, yeah, that's pretty accurate. I mean, they made a gorgeous, wonderful trailer. And I, like, I will say the one thing I will give them credit for is like being able to turn into an animal at will and like be an eagle and like fly around and then go down on the ground and be a person assuming that it actually plays like that it isn't just here's the designated be an eagle spot mm-hmm. and then you must fly here and you're done um but yeah it, it's a an mmo so that's a, already a big ask and b it's the amazon mmo so um <laughs> yeah yeah i'm out but that's the thing the three uh, colors I, of magic ain't doing it for you kate you don't want to become a blue uh, magic master well, so here's the problem is I would like to be a yellow mage, but I'm sure being a yellow mage actually requires you to pay $40 for the extra colors. <laughs> that's, that's a tough sell. You know, I, I hope we're wrong about this because like, clearly there's a lot of very talented people making like this trailer and some of the mm-hmm. gameplay looks cool, but you just hope this isn't one of those, like they're showing it off to be something that is completely not. And it's gonna, you know, just be there to make them, bunch of money and like figure out how to monetize it instead of actually making the yeah. game first you know it's true i i like to think i'm pretty optimistic and i typically am the person that is like don't be so hard on the showcases like just because it wasn't for you doesn't mean it's mm. bad and like you know we just we're here to celebrate games it's a very positive thing so i hate kind of like dumping on a trailer but like if there's any trailer you're gonna dump on it's maybe the amazon one mm. but like you said i hope they prove me wrong it actually is a cool trailer like without any branding or naming it actually mm-hmm. looks pretty cool yeah that's the um, it's just that it's just that there's not a lot of like co- the confidence would need to be built back up um for me to you know care about this yeah true maybe a good way to say it is there's sometimes when it's a studio we really like like oh um insomniac or FromSoft or one of those mm-hmm. like we're like okay whenever they announce something like i'm in until i'm shown something that i'm really like not interested in like but my default is that mm-hmm. i'm very interested and then there's most of the games which are like in the middle and then there's some which are like when i see a game published by amazon that instantly puts it in that it has to win me over you know mm-hmm. it, it's starting on the back foot especially when it's like generic fantasy like that's my least favorite setting of all time so i don't know double whammy for me i think that's a really good way to put it is like never a hundred percent count something in or out Mm -hmm. but go into it with like the context of where it is being created to know if you're gonna you know let that color your bias a little bit but don't rely exclusively on that to make your decision exactly yeah exactly because you get burned that way sometimes you know but Mm -hmm. uh yeah um, Warhaven's coming to Steam Next Fest for free. I 
couldn't tell you what this is. I missed this part as well. This is the uh, Nexon okay. game, right? This Wait, is this is, the one yeah, that has like like tons game. of people fighting all at once? Yeah, this is this like big like war game where you're all like knights and you're like bashing people's swords and hammers and stuff. And I think there's also like a bit of magic. It looks like so it kind of reminds me of that like For Honor, but I think it's a bit more. It looks a bit more action instead of the like For Honor kind of was a bit more like one v one. While there's For a lot Honor of was was like on. three teams of two, right, or like four teams of two or something. Yeah, like that. I think it was it was teams. Whereas this one is like a much larger, bigger, like epic battlefield. I I don't know. I think like or it's like Chivalry is another one of those games. It right, actually yeah. looks like pretty cool based on the trailer like some of the character designs are gorgeous um they've got like a guy who is just straight up dark souls armor like it has to be a reference i know him from dark souls one and then you've got like a paladin kind of character and she's got this like magic halo around her like i think it looks cool um it's you know coming out i think soon as like a free demo i might actually give it a try yeah but you should I, yeah, could... I would be very interested to what, yeah. see what you think because i i like i like this this is one of those games I'd, i want to observe it with my binoculars from a safe distance because i'll tell you right now <laughs> pvp close-handed combat that's not for me fantasy yeah. knights and all this stuff no not for me and then it's online and there's so many people like will i have lag because my internet's not great and because it's going to be laggy. Like this is such a smooth video, right? So I, I don't think mm -hmm. I would try it, but I'm so interested how this runs because, yeah. because well, like, like the idea of being in one of those big fights, like you've seen them all the time in Game of Thrones and like Lord of the Rings and all those shows. It's like, that is such a, we don't really get to experience that in games, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, or if you do, it's like just, it's never, it's like a single player, like, and you kind of, you know, cut through yeah. your swath of enemies or, to get to the Yeah, or it's or something whatever, like, but... um, Oh, what's that game where we always like the one we we're not interested in that it's got like tons and tons of enemies? Oh, Dynasty um, Warriors. Dynasty Warriors, yeah. Um, yeah, no, it's it's cool. It's the nineteenth for a week. It's got a demo out on Steam. I might actually give it a shot. It looks kind of cool. You should do it. You should do it. Put that in your calendar. I'd like to. I'd like to hear it. Mm -hmm. Okay, uh, deal. I'll, okay. I'll plan a night for it. Cool. Um, after that, Alan Wake Two. Uh, what a reveal this was. This was fucking creepy. It had some Yellow Jackets vibes going on with that deer-headed person. That's the first thing I thought. Me too. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I did not play the original Alan Wake. It's one of those games that, you know, I actually am very interested in looking up the story. Like, I've always meant to watch, like, you know, the cutscenes and all that stuff. I definitely will now because this game was very interesting to me. And I would like to play that, uh, play this, depending how scary it is, either by myself or with a group. Well, I, it will be on at my house, so please, please join us for that. The more company I have, the better, because I am very scared of horror games. <laughs> that being said, Alan Wake is the one horror game I have played alone, because I just wanted to play the story so much that I actually did sit through it on my own, um, and it was horrifying. I really liked it. Um, I'm excited for Alan Wake 2 because I really like the world and the characters. It's basically jumping into a Stephen King novel, like, and it's not, it like wears that on its sleeve. I think the first game starts out with a Stephen King quote, like it's very mm -hmm. heavily inspired. And I, I do, I've read a lot of his books. Um, I will say I'm, I'm a little bit disappointed by the way Alan Wake 2 looks. Not because I don't think it looks good. I think it looks like a fantastic like survival horror game. But the first game was not very traditional survival horror. It had this really unique mechanic where 
the uh, the darkness was the problem. And so you had a little pistol and you had a flashlight and it had a mechanic where for the majority of enemies, you couldn't actually interact with them until you shined your flashlight on them for a certain period of time to like get the shadow off of them. And then you would be able to shoot them. So it was a lot of really tense encounters of like, you're just shining your light, but then you got to run and then you got to shine the light again. And it was, it was just a really unique um, mechanic. Whereas this game looks a lot more like traditional horror game style where you've got just the regular gun and you're walking around and spooky things like monsters are jumping out at you a little bit more like resident evil style and like, you know, evil within and like, you know, they all kind of follow that similar sort of gameplay mm-hmm. loop. Mm-hmm. So I think it looks good. I'm still definitely going to play it, but I, I hope that flashlight mechanic comes back in some way in this game because it was so unique to the first one. Yeah, I, that's one of the reasons I'm interested in the first one too, is that reason. And I think it's so cool, mm-hmm. especially for a horror game, of like you have to look at whatever's trying to be scary towards yeah. you because you have to shine the flashlight. Like you have no choice but to interact. You can't run mm-hmm. and hide. All that it stuff, was but. so tense. And then if you did hide, instead of like trying to go in a room and like sneak under the bed or something, you'd be like, there's a lamppost over there. Oh my God. Like if I can just run and make it and stand in the light, I'm safe. It was, it was really, uh, really unusual. And, and like, yeah, it was just, mm-hmm, it was a mm-hmm. fun game. So, but might have to play that one back, together. Like, might have to yeah. try it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Warhammer 40 K was gorgeous and it's a three player co-op game. Um, you know, similar to Remnant, I guess, if you're just more into the Space Marine stuff. I don't know if it's similar in gameplay-wise, but it looks like, you know, it's over-the-shoulder, third-person shooting. Their armor is really cool. I like the design. <laughs> I don't know anything you know, about Warhammer, but the armor looks nice. You know what's so funny to me is, like, I think this is, like, they're, like, kind of more, like, horde games. So mm-hmm. I'm just sort of out by nature of that. But I have this weird thing about Warhammer where, like, I just think the models are so so bulky <laughs> like they're it's just gears like, of war yes, it is gears of war syndrome like they're just like refrigerators stomping around out there and i just i don't know every time i see it i'm like nope nope don't like warhammer probably <laughs> would have a ton of fun if i played it especially co-op but like man i just i just hate the way they look so much <laughs> that's fine <laughs> though i mean it yeah, if it was the exact same model, but just proportionate to a human being instead of like, you know, Kratos, but bigger. <laughs> you know what they remind me of okay. the most is um in fire, like the original Fire Emblem when you upgrade the general and they have like that yes. big armor. Like that's what they look like to me. Yes, that's exactly what they look like. But like, just pause the trailer when you can see some characters and just look at how small their head is coming out of like their massive shoulder quadrants and it is like absolutely hilarious to look at their like tiny head um (laughs) yeah so that's that's the depth of my warhammer uh (laughs) so this what we basically (laughs) said to you everyone is that this is not the podcast to come to if you want any sort of warhammer um in-depth knowledge um yes your grace uh was the game up next and i've i played the first one actually have you played yes your grace I played a little bit of it. I started yeah. it with someone and then it was like we played once and never played again. But I really liked what I played and like I I had a trouble making a lot of decisions. Maybe I overthink well, things. It's, it's also because if you play with someone else, you gotta debate the decision with them. Yeah. That makes it a lot that's, harder. That's true. But I, I really like this. I like the style of game. Uh, I think the trailer is gorgeous. I love the art that they have for Yes Your Grace, like the little 
the towns you have and it's raining outside and oh it's just so pretty mm-hmm. I, I i wish i liked the first one more than i did the concept mm-hmm. i think was more appealing to me than actually playing the game mm-hmm. and i feel like part of that was just because i didn't play a whole lot like i was i don't know i played it a couple times too probably a little bit more than you if you only played once but mm-hmm. i just felt like the decisions just weren't leading up to much and it took a little while and I couldn't figure out where the characters were and like some of the problems I'm just like I don't care where like what you're eating for dinner you know (laughs) so I'd be interested in like seeing what this one turns up to be as as a sequel like how does it expand on the first one you know is there more complicated things that you need to to figure out like you know just how does it expand I I think it's a cool concept and a second try would maybe be Mm -hmm. something I'd be interested in those are kind of the best games to get a sequel in some way, right? When the first game has a really interesting concept, but you don't feel like they've executed it quite how you'd like. So then a sequel comes along, you're like, oh, what did they learn from the first game? Like, is it going to shore up those weaknesses I thought it had? Mm -hmm. And then potentially that concept like does get executed well. So it's kind of like a second try at like, you know, maybe get it right this time. Exactly. (laughs) Um, Exactly. I hope hope that's the case. I hope, I hope so. We'll, we'll see. Mm-hmm. Um, John Carpenter's Toxic Commando. Now, this is this is where I I couldn't watch for this moment. So, but this sounds interesting. Please tell me. Yeah, so I guess he's a pretty notable dude. I think he did like the thing. I want to say, um, and you can just fill in the blanks of all the other wonderful things John Carpenter has given us, which I'm sure are plenty. Um, this like it's kind of cool. I couldn't decide if I was into this because on one hand, it looks like a very like left for dead just like zombie horde and like you know you're firing from the back of a big jeep that's driving around and it's just like carnage but then every now and again in the trailer there's just like one cool monster you're fighting alone kind of like a boss fight and that part looks fun but i don't know if i want to play a like zombie horde game to get there Hmm. So I'm cl- I'm clicking through the trailer right now, just as you're, you've been talking. I was not mm-hmm. expecting to see zombie hordes, but I looked up John Carpenter as well, and he is now. This is going to make us sound like idiots for not knowing this, I guess. But he's an American mm-hmm. filmmaker. He's from uh, you know he's pretty old now, so I guess maybe that's why we haven't heard of him. But he's like I guess known as the master of the low budget horror film. So okay. that's actually kind of cool. That makes me more interested in the game. <laughs> to yeah. See that. that's- kind of cool i think it's a lot of like and like those old ones are really interesting right because it's like how do you make this monster like what are your resources how do you shoot it Mm -hmm. there's a lot of really interesting like like, yeah what are the what are the visual tricks you're going to use and the camera angles and stuff to make up for the fact that you don't have a lot of budget exactly so that's really interesting maybe this game has budget though and i think cgi is a little different than the you know some tricks um i'll say too that they had um a really fun trailer like you might not have played it with music but it has like you know like loud kind of upbeat music as you're going through it i think it was i want to say Def leopard mm-hmm. yeah i didn't have oh, the no, music sorry, on, bon, that's for sure. i think it was bon jovi i'm trying to remember i don't have it playing right now either i think it was like bon jovi or like one of those like um yeah those kind of things so i think that's at least got like a fun vibe to it but i mean yeah it's zombie horse again you know we've been there <laughs> We've been there. And speaking of where we've been, um, now this Baldur's Gate 3, this is for you. Yes. Oh, real. We played the Baldur's Gate like 
alpha or something like two years ago. <laughs> this game has been in development for so long. But I that's not like a bad thing when it comes to um oh uh Larian Larian Studios. They their games are just so incredibly jam-packed. Like Divinity Original Sin 2 is by far the longest game I've ever played, and it is like dense and just oozing with content and you play it for like 200 hours and you're like okay if I replayed it things would be totally different because I'd make different choices and people wouldn't be racist to me because I picked being a lizard person and like it's there's just so much in these games um Baldur's Gate I think appeals to me slightly less because it's D&D instead of just their own fantasy oh is it D&D is it actually it is branded? D&D. I didn't know that. It is. It is. Yeah, it is branded D&D. So Baldur's Gate is, I believe, a place in D&D. Um, and mm. it also uses the same combat system. So the combat is a little bit different than... That's interesting. Turn-based, but it's D&D combat instead of being the um, like turn-based they made for Divinity, which I personally prefer. Because I think D&D combat is a little bit restrictive in terms of how you can do your turns. But that's a whole other conversation. Um, but <laughs> that's I mean, a bonus D&D episode. Is, yeah, a bonus episode. But D&D Lord is super cool. I mean, there's like, you know, years and years of iteration on it with like monsters and gods and like the underworld. And like, it's awesome. Like these games are so fun when you have like a, a even like, you know, play couch call with two people. Or you can have a group of up to four online. Like, and it's just like. They're so great if you want to commit to playing like a big long campaign game. So, Baldur's Gate is finally going to be a real game <laughs> in August. Years coming. It looks fantastic. Fantastic. Um, speaking of what else looks fantastic, it's my turn now. Spider Man 2 uh, showed up again. There wasn't a whole lot shown this time. I guess we saw more at the Sony showcase, but we did get a release date <laughs> October 20th. Uh, place your pre orders now, or at least I will when it's available. Um, man, this just looks so cool to me. And I, I love the way they're kind of teasing it. I like the way they're presenting this game too. And it's because, you know, out of all the AAA games that are kind of coming out, like sequels to Sony's first party stuff that's come out, I feel like Spider-Man 2 is probably the one where we would have said like, you know, before seeing it, we can guess what this will be like the most, you know, like it's, it's Spider-Man. Like, it, you know, it's, it's more prescribed of what is going to be happening than other franchises just because of the, our familiarity with the character, right? But I really like the way they're kind of doling it out. Like, there's so much conversation right now of, like, who is Venom in this game? Because you don't actually see, like, who is in the suit. And it's confirmed, I think, that it's not Eddie Brock. So it's like, he's generically, like, Spider-Man and most stuff. And I know Peter has the symbiote. But I've seen, like, different things going online. It's like, well, is Craven wearing Venom? Like, is Craven and Venom the same guy? Like, is, is Genki the one that gets the Venom suit? Is it um, Harry Osborn? Like, we just don't know. Is it Mary Jane? Like, she could be Venom. I think that's such a cool mystery to play around with a character that we know so well. And I, the, the developers have said, you know, they're trying to tell a very different story than a lot of other core Spider-Man stuff. So I, that really just excites me a lot. And a spell mm-hmm. like just adding Venom's powers and he's got a much more heavy looking style, a lot more different attacks, which I think is nice because, you know, Miles Morales and Spider-Man largely have a you know, similar style of play. Um, yeah, I just I couldn't be more excited to see this game. Um, and I think the reason I'm most excited actually is the narrative, um, because I just fell in love with like, this iteration of these characters when I played the other two mm-hmm. games. And now seeing like Miles and all of them come together, I'm just like, this is Spider-Verse, but in a video game and I want to play it yeah. so badly. 
Spider-Man is in such a good place right now, just in terms of, like, the, yeah, Spider-Verse is cool, like, Spider-Man 2 is coming, like, it's so perfect. And I, I think it's a really unique place that they're in because I think, like, you kind of hit a point where you're like, okay, I'm saturated. Like, we've seen Spider-Man stories so many times. Like, there's three big movie series, you know, like, all the cartoons and, like, I mean, all the million comics. And they do change things up, but, like, largely, like, okay, we kind of know the Spider-Man story. But then you get stuff like Spider-Verse and, like, what you're saying about um, how you don't know what Venom's going to be. And there's all these surprises. And I think it's this really unique, like, area that spider-man's in where like everyone basically anyone who sits down to play one of these games now is very familiar with spider-man so they can kind of like skip over a lot of that and, and like the shorthand of it and just do something a little bit different and mm -hmm. instead of it just being like okay you like a you know a surprising story it's like specifically surprising because of what you already know and that like instead of being like saturated it's almost like enhancing these new ones that are taking a very different like spin on things so that's true I'm it's almost oh i was sorry mm -hmm. to cut you off i was gonna say that that's such a good point like the surprise can actually re-emerge when you know something very familiar mm -hmm. if they're willing to really twist what happens within the familiarity that's mm -hmm. a great point um so, the, you yeah. know the one thing that's... i will say that maybe is the first negative feeling i've had towards this game though is that they said mm -hmm. in the um the interview they had there during the showcase that the map is basically doubled in size. They're adding Queens and Brooklyn into the Manhattan area that was in the first one. And I like it in the sense that there'll be more variety of locations to go to. But whenever there's mention of like a huge open world, that's bigger and bigger. That's like twisting a knife. That's kind of in my stomach, you know, like I don't, I don't like to hear that. I'm going to reserve judgment though, because there was a really good fast travel system in this game. And also mm -hmm. like the traversal is the best mechanic that these games have. And I know they're putting the wingsuit in this game as well, so you can actually fly around, and apparently that's even faster than swinging. So I don't know how you can get much faster than the, the first game was, but I'll hold judgment, but I think that's definitely a detractor for me in mentioning it's going to be double. I think Big World is good for Spider-Man because I have actually swung now since we last talked about Spider-Man. I have done... It Doesn't it feel good? Oh my city. god. It feels so good. My roommate just started playing the first game, so I'm hoping he sticks with it because I want to feel, I want to watch the story, but I don't want to necessarily commit to playing it. <laughs> this is like the best compromise for me. Um, but I did a little bit of swinging. Feels good. I think Big World is good, but I think like just, you know, no Assassin's Creed Towers. Like there's a little bit of like open mm. world shenanigans going on in the first game, which like, fair enough. It's a few years older now. Um, I don't know if Miles Morales did that as well, but like Big World but fill it with good stuff, you know, no towers. <laughs> no towers. Well, the first game didn't have towers. We're not, we're not, this ain't no Ubisoft game, but what yeah, it does have no is like, you know, it's a bunch of speed running trials all around the city and like, mm -hmm. oh, go take photographs of these landmarks. But to me, like at least that was interesting, you know, cause you're going around New York yeah. and like taking pictures and stuff where, where the repetitive exactly. stuff came in from open world in the first couple games is like, you know, solve 10 street crimes and there's only five or six different crimes that can happen so once you've done that for a little bit of time then you're all of a sudden you're like yeah. seeing the same car chase type of stuff but um i mean i just stopped doing them and just ignored it yeah. so that's exactly fine. that's always the solution is just just do the main content you are allowed to do that even oh, though it you, feels bad sometimes you if you mainline spider-man you're gonna have a great time i'll tell you that right now 
Um, okay, let's wrap this up here. Pal World is is uh, up next. Now, this game is Pokemon with guns, and I don't know if there's another game I'm more morbidly curious about than Pal World uh, of anything that's supposed to be coming out. Because I mean, we're just we've, we'll talk about Cassette Beast on an upcoming show. We've both been pretty pretty into that one, and I think now I'm like renewed some excitement for whatever the next creature game is that we play and pal world i'm for sure interested in seeing what this is like why do they have ak-47s i'm gonna play this game like what's crazy to me about pal world is like i expected it to be bad because like the premise is obviously a joke and often those joke games are like the hook is the joke so the game doesn't have to be good right and like that's sometimes what you can get through with like people will buy it for the novelty of like it's funny but like it actually snacks-y. genuinely looks cool like it's a pretty world like i like the creature designs especially the little sheep and like it looks like the combat actually is gonna like it looks kind of relatively fun like almost like a you know like dauntless kind of style where you're like shooting monsters and stuff and then you're catching them and then they have guns like i don't know it's so bizarre but like i think getting past the novelty of its Pokemon with guns and that's funny. I think it genuinely looks like it could be a good game. <laughs> I think so too. Wild. I think so too, because yeah. I'm thinking it like the way I'm thinking of it is when I played Pokemon um, Scarlet and Violet okay. earlier this year okay. or Arceus, but either one, um, like I personally had a good time with those games for what they were. And the combat is kind of interesting because you're in the battle, but your trainer doesn't do anything while they're fighting it, but you're in the open world. Mm-hmm. So this is kind of like, to me is taking that and it's like, right. Your cre- you're going to send your creature out. It's going to fight for you. But then your trainer is not going to be useless. You're going to pull out your AK-47 and start helping out your Squirtle or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Could you imagine? Your Blastoise, <laughs> your Blastoise got the cannons and you got, you got the You gun. got your own cannon. I don't know. I don't know what to say about this other than I'm very interested and I need I need to see um, what this ends up being because this is crazy. Mm-hmm. Well, January 2024, so we are still like a ways off. Um, it's one of like the later release dates that we got, but like, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Please mm-hmm. show us more Power World. <laughs> <laughs> um, there's a Black Desert online expansion. Uh, nothing to say about that one, right? But I'm sure it's going to be fun. Um, mm-hmm. Lord of the Rings yep. Moria is, what is this? This seemed to me like, uh, <laughs> what's that Deep Rock Galactic, but with yeah it it reminds me a lot of deep rock galactic it's like a co-op survival crafting mining game and it's crazy to me that it's branded because i was like oh this is this is like lord of the rings dwarves and then it actually is lord of the rings dwarves um i mean people fucking love deep rock galactic so if it's Mm -hmm. even like it's comparable to that it's gonna probably be really fun um yeah, yeah, Deep Rock is fun. I mean, <laughs> yeah, this is just going to be... Uh, there's those all, rings of power going on, right? So it's going to be all Lord of the Rings all stuff. All I'm going to say is if Windrose makes it on the soundtrack, I will buy this game. If you didn't get Windrose for your dwarf mining game, you know, you've made a mistake. And for anyone who doesn't know Windrose, just look up a Windrose concert on YouTube. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> you're welcome. <laughs> Okay, so Banisher's Ghost of New Eden was next. Um, this is unfortunately another one that I missed, but this is from the Vampire developer, I believe is what they say here. And I know you played Vampire, so what do you think of this one? Well, I didn't love Vampire, so there's... <laughs> this is when the person just looked at the wall for like minutes, right? Vampire? <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. There's some really weird weird stuff going on when I played Vampire. Um, but 
anyway, this we've seen a story trailer um, of Banisher's Ghost of New Eden that was really cool. I think it's like you're being haunted by your ex-wife is kind of the vibe I get. And I a lot think of people in that position, bring... Kate. A lot of people in that position. <laughs> okay, but she's like really a ghost this time, so it's literal. <laughs> Um, and I think it's supposed to be kind of like a mystery and a little bit like maybe you're trying to bring her back. There's like some supernatural stuff going on, but she's also giving you ghost powers. So like, it seems like very cool and their like relationship is going to be at the heart of it. So I my eye on this game. Thought it looked really good based off of that. The writing seemed great mm-hmm. in the first trailer. We got a gameplay trailer here and I am still interested, but slightly concerned is how I feel. I think... It looks like it could maybe be a little bit like the combat just is very like snappy, like maybe almost like a you know like the classic Arkham RPG mm. con- combat sort of thing. But that right, being not said, your preference. Looks, it's not my preference. But that being said, there looks like there's a lot of cool magic um, and like kind of spells and like story choices. And I think if the story is interesting, the combat looks like fun enough that I'd be into it. And like like bioshocky where you've got like stuff coming out of your hands mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um yeah I, I still think i'm pretty interested in this game just based on the story and the setting and, and how like gorgeous it looks but i just hope that it's fun and not too like hack and splashy for my taste anyway right so i don't have a lot to say about this one i mean i'm i'm glad you're looking forward to it i think it uh you know has some stuff going for it all i'm gonna say is that the way you just everything you just <laughs> said about this game is setting off light bulbs in my mind of the way I was talking about Forspoken last year. And then mm-hmm. that game came out to a bit of a thud. So I'm hoping that you don't yeah. have to relive that um, experience with this. Yeah, I, I think this game, I mean, based on what I've seen in the demo I've played for Forspoken, I think this game definitely looks like it's going to have more potential than Forspoken, but we'll see. I think the big difference is like, based on the trailer i expect the writing to be good <laughs> like mm-hmm. that can carry a game for me if i'm really invested in the story i can do b tier gameplay that's fine yeah, yeah um i mean obviously like you know something that's s's across the board is the best game but like you know if some one aspect is really compelling you might you know breeze through the rest of the game but we'll, mm. we'll see mm-hmm, mm-hmm. problem is that it's on the flip side too is if there's an f tier part of the game it will ruin the rest of the you know middling kind of aspect yeah. so yeah yeah, um, a game with problem. that will probably not have too many middling aspects because it's probably going to be really good is Like a Dragon Gaiden, the man who erased his name. And he's back, everyone. It's Kazama Kiryu. He makes a return. I thought he um, erased his name. Well, so... he's going to be called something else. I believe his name is like Juryu in this game. I think I saw in the trailer. It's clearly like some joke, right? Because it's Yakuza and they're like yeah. going to change his name and like, oh, no one knows who this, who this guy is or something. Um, what more can <laughs> yeah. you say? Like, I, I fucking love Yakuza. If I had more time... I would play all these games. You just got to pick your times. But man, I'm so happy this series just goes and goes. Yeah. I mean, every single time one of these trailers comes out, I always think to myself like, man, I really got to play Yakuza. And I I will go back on the record and say, man, I've really got to play Yakuza. (laughs) Um, This one was interesting. What's up next? Um, Under the Waves. Mm -hmm. This is published by Quantic Dream. Not developed by Quantic Dream, but published by them. Um... And so this is kind of like one of those contemplative story games, I think, um, takes place under the water of the guy in a submarine in an alternate future from, I think, the 1970s, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, Looks kind of interesting. I mean, you don't get a whole lot of a sense of really what's going on. But, you know, Quantic Dream is, for for all their controversy, you and I have liked 
a number of their games. And so it's something that I'll, I'll be, uh, you mm -hmm. know, keeping an eye on. Yeah, I, I get largely, it's very much like an exploration game. Um, you know, maybe some like mystery, maybe puzzles, I don't know. But I just like, I'm very intrigued based on the footage we've seen. Like, it just seems like such a cool world to explore. And like underwater is not something that's done often and when it is done it's not always uh appealing <laughs> mm -hmm. um but this is just like floating around you know there's like sea life swimming around all over i'm sure you're gonna run into some like massive like leviathan creatures like i i bet it's gonna be like quite a spectacle to play so i hope it's a little bit more of the exploration like story narrative journey type game and not so much of a like mm -hmm. you know mm -hmm. I almost like want less gameplay in a game like this because I think I just want to like three hours explore the world and, and be done. But yeah, I mean, yeah, we'll see. Like, it could be it could end up being anything. So if this, if this is like sub five hours, I'm totally in. Huh? Sub see submarine. Um, <laughs> yeah, I think underwater is a fascinating setting. I think more games need to explore underwater. It's hard because mm -hmm. it's like a 3D open space. Like, how do you prevent the players from going wherever they want? Like, you got to guide them right, but you can't be in the big ocean. Mm -hmm. Where do you go? I think, uh, yeah, this is this is cool to me. This is one of my more intriguing games, I think, from the showcase. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, okay, we're almost done here. We got COD Season 4 next. We're just going to skip over this, but enjoy COD, everybody. Um, and then we saw Fay Farm, which, I mean, it's a little creature game, but I think it's definitely aimed at a more um, younger style audience from what I can tell, but it, mm -hmm. I'm sure it'll be fun. Um, I'm sure. We, I'm assuming you don't have much to say about those two, so we'll, we'll go on. Um, next up, this guy came, the Snap developer, Ben Brody, and he really was, uh, you know, quite excited. He insulted um, card players by saying he's the best and never loses in a joke that was clearly a joke, and he laughed after saying it. Like, I think this guy killed it, actually. <laughs> he was pretty funny. Maybe he went on a little too long, but I liked his energy, you know. He, you know what? He, he seemed to me like he was trying to be Joseph Pharisee, but didn't quite go all in. <laughs> Right, because he wasn't here this year and he normally shows up. Yeah. Or I guess maybe he's more at the Game Awards. But yeah, yeah it was nice. You know, you got to fill yeah. that niche. Oh, but uh, definitely excited to see some additions to Marvel Snap and a new um, a new mode is coming, I guess. Like, I'm a little like, oh man, this game, this better not be where the game turns from like totally playable as a free game to like now you're fucked if you don't buy a bunch of currency. But at the same time, like this game has been so successful. I feel like they're not going to tank it like that. And at very worst, we could just mm -hmm. ignore the new mode, I guess. But it's cool to cool to see some expansions coming. Um, yeah, I still play Snap every day, of course. Totally addicted. Um, King Arthur Legends Rise in a new Fantasy Squad RPG. Um, I must have missed this one or I just looked over it because, again, not my thing. But are you excited for King Arthur? Uh, I mean, it's, it's kind of funny seeing a King Arthur game because it's like... He's like the OG, right? But like we've had so much like night dragon fancy stuff that it's like it seems like oh he just hears another one and it's kind of generic looking, but it's like no, he's the guy. He's King Arthur. <laughs> <laughs> um, That's such a funny point. You're so right. <laughs> right. And like to be fair, looking at this trailer, I don't know how like legend accurate it is because I, I kind of look weirdly missed this somehow. I think um I think it's mobile to be honest with I you. Must like have been it's on chatting. Yeah, I think I was chatting and kind of missed that this was a thing at all. I'm looking at it now and I was like, this is fantasy. This is not just King Arthur. Like, no fucking way. Oh. That, like, no, this is mobile. Like, I'm looking at the skill tree right now in the yeah. trailer and it's like, advance this type of character to level 20. Oh, you know, you're going to need yeah. some gems to do that. 
fuck this game. Maybe that's why we dodged it. <laughs> I'm over it. I'm so sorry if <laughs> I'm wrong about that, but I'm pretty sure we're not. Yeah, um, and you know what? Like, I'm pretty sure that King Arthur doesn't have, like, fire spells normally, so... Well, Merlin you know. enhanced him, obviously. Come on. Well, <laughs> that's true. Fair enough. Um, yeah, I mean, Unheavy <laughs> Legend 5 was good. Yeah. That's true. Maybe it's that's bonus. So after that, we had Wayfinder, which is another one that I missed. Um, is this to do with League of Legends as well? I'm seeing something in the text about that, but definitely um, missed this one. Yes, it is a League of Legends story, which is pretty, like, surprising. Apparently, it has, like, light MMO elements. I'm not really sure what that means. Um, not Games aren't normally said to have, like, light elements. Like, they're either an MMO or they're Yeah, maybe it's, not. like, buying and selling armor and stuff, like some kind of currency system. Yeah, I so I don't know. Like, it doesn't really strike me as very League of Legendsy. Like, I'm sure there's going to be some characters no. that pop up, but like, I would never, looking at this trailer, have like thought about League of Legends. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It, it kind of just looks like a yeah. Yeah, like I you know I, it's kind of cool. Like, kind of game. yeah, it's like medievally, but like a little different. Like, it's got a more colorful art style to it. So I will say that's a nice thing to see. Mm -hmm. but yeah, I don't know. Um, Stellaris Nexus was the game up next, and I think this is the last one that I missed as well. But this is the space oh, okay. one, and you're like exploring planets and stuff. Yeah, I think it's it kind of reminds me of like a oh, it's really, a 4x. Like, it's a 4x game. Deep, yeah, it's like a really deep 4x game, which like it probably is really cool once you've like read the mm. codex for three hours and like know what you're doing. <laughs> Um, so the, the, I mean, the title here says that it's it's a hour long 4x spinoff. So are they trying to make a 4x game that can be played oh. in a short amount of time? Because that, that is actually, actually quite is interesting to me. Interesting and appealing, and that's I wonder if it would be good because the weird thing about those 4 games is like they are huge commitments, but like that kind of the draw of them is that like you yeah. want that like crunchy depth where you're gonna be like hold you have a headache by the time you're done, but like. That's, you know, the idea of it. It's like, you sit down to play a board game. You're like, do we want to play Code Names? Nice, fun party game. Or like, do we want to play this like eight hour long tactical game of resource <laughs> management? But like, if you even look away for five seconds, you lose. And like, I think that's like, Forex games like are, are so in that realm to me. And I, I like them when I feel in them occasionally. So having a short one is interesting because it's like, will it, will it just be a great accessible version? Or is it just like, seeing the mark of what's fun about i, I hope see what that to me what you describe is exactly what's not fun about 4x <laughs> i don't like the way that i have to spend so long to take these games and have to read the fucking codex and to learn what everything goes on like to me the, what marvel snap did for deck building and collecting cards mm -hmm. if this can do that for 4x that will that will make someone like me be like oh i'm hella into this right now because the concept of 4x yeah. is so cool but i just don't have well, the commitment yeah, and that's the thing is like I've got my fingers crossed because if it works, I think that's amazing. Like, and the Snap is such a good analogy. Like, I I still play Snap like not as much as I used to, but I still like will play games here and there, and I really like it because it's so accessible. And so like I hope it works out, but I just wonder like can everything be reduced to that yeah. like small card card building or? works really well to be reduced. Can the complexity mm -hmm. of a 4X be reduced? Because you know you're right. Like one, it would have to sacrifice like complexity or variety and the things you can do, right? Like to be able to be mm -hmm. shrunken down. So would it would it change that? I don't know. 
That's for them to find but out. But I, I, I hope I hope it does work because that could be really cool. Uh, another demo on June nineteenth. We could always uh, we could always try it out. Yeah, it's right after my military or my like war game ends. So it's, <laughs> it's right. perfect timing. Um, there's another base building game called Space Trash Scavenger that we're definitely not going to mm-hmm. play. Um, there's a Star Trek and Star Trek Infinite. Um, I don't know. I'm not a Star Trek person. This is a strategy game. Um, did you see this? I must have missed this one too. I'm sorry. Yeah. This is a bad recap I, I on think, my half. I missed no, more than okay. I thought. <laughs> I think I saw Star Trek and was like, oh, hmm, time time for a chat break. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but I will say the next game coming up, I hope you saw Las Fanga because this looks yes, pretty I cool. Okay, so this is giving me Hades vibes like right off the I really love the art of it. It's got like, I love the protagonist, the way she looks. It's got very like, yeah, past Hades vibes. I'm assuming you get like abilities, like you can shift time and there's all sorts of like different weapons by, by the looks of things. Mm-hmm. It looks, yeah. I, it looks super cool. This is the one now she can copy herself, right? When you die, the copy <laughs> comes out and like helps you. So I'm interested mm-hmm. because there's other games that have done stuff like that too. But I, I mean, I'm, I'm blanking on what they are, but I, you're right. It is very Hades inspired. Um, mm-hmm. Hey, Hades is great. If this is, you know, fun like that, then, you know, we need more games like this. Like we, we talk about other genres getting so many entries, right? Like Hades is still relatively alone. Like obviously there's lots of hack and slash games, but Hades is pretty unique. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, this looks fun. Um, so after that, it was Immortals of Avium, um, which for some reason my trailer is blocked so i can't even watch this one right now this is the another shooter though right yeah in a few of this is almost getting a little death loopy potentially this game mm. uh it looks cool i don't know i i i'm it's like the magic shooter so it's almost kind of like um this one to me looked like you were using overwatch attacks mm-hmm. this is yeah this is the one you said it looked like one. overwatch i could not get that out of my head the whole time yeah, I I think it looks like it's got potential. This gameplay trailer made me feel like it looks a little bit slow, um, especially in terms of your movement. I, but like, it's hard to tell, right? Like, maybe they want the cinematic aspect of it to be really noticeable, so they were standing quite still to show off the mm-hmm. the way the magic works. Or maybe it is just kind of you know a little bit of a slower pace game, but. I think this is one of those ones where like it's it's really like in the middle of the seesaw for me where like it could be cool. I kind of think the world seems sort of neat, the magic, you know, maybe it's a little, you know, maybe it feels a little bit like doom shootery, but it's, you know, magic instead of guns, but then maybe it's kind of just oh, I don't know. I feel like I've seen a lot of this game and every time I see a new trailer, I'm like less sure what it's going to be like. <laughs> Not in a Death Stranding way, but just in a, like, I don't really know what the gameplay looks like kind of way. Yeah. Well, we won't have to wait long. It is out July 20th, so we'll see a bunch of reviews. Maybe we'll talk about it on the show. Who knows? Um, Fortnite was next. It was season four's uh, kickoff trailer. I mean, it looked cool. Optimus Prime is there. Um <laughs> so that's pretty fun. I'll definitely be buying one of the Transformers skins as they come out because, mm-hmm. I mean, come on. Like, you have to buy one of those. I've been saying, you put Rhinox in there, I'll buy one. But I'm only buying Rhinox. You so. put Rhinox, I will buy Nox. <laughs> I will buy Nox. <laughs> that is correct. I don't know which um, one I would want. I feel like... But only, only Optimus Prime and you don't get a dime. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. I, I don't know. I feel like I'll buy Cheetor if he comes out. 
I think that'll oh, be the one. Oh yeah, I would Cheetor pick. is Cheetor is good too. He's a good pick. That's the one I would solid pick. pick on Cheetor. Um, and another solid pick, closing out the show. The one last thing, Jeff comes out. He's like, we got a big reveal from a well-known franchise. You know, another entry could be a lot of things. You know, people are thinking a lot of stuff and. You know, there's some a lot of rumors, but it ended up being Final Fantasy VII Rebirth. Um, I don't think anyone expected this to be shown as soon as it, as it has been. But man, this just looks so good. And after beating the first one, you know, and seeing, you know, how it happens, and obviously it's doing some branching path stuff. Now, I've not played Final Fantasy VII, so I'm really, the, the original, I mean. So I'm really in the darkest to, like, where the story goes. But, um, I mean, I'm obviously going to research all the changes that are made. And, like, I'm really interested in how they're going to tweak everything. But um, the world in this game just looks so expansive and open. I saw a screenshot of, like, when they're looking out into that distance. And I saw, Mm -hmm. like, a screenshot from the original game of, like, what that is supposed to be. And it just looks (laughs) like, it's just, like, unrecognizable, right? It's it's just so cool to to have that side-by-side comparison and... You know, everything about the the first one, for the most part, I shouldn't say everything. It was a great game. And I, I hope, similar to what we said before, like they can improve on maybe some of the flaws. Like the side quests weren't overly interesting to me in the first one. And, you know, there was some some difficulty spikes I had, like for some of the combat. So I'm hoping if they can tweak some of those things. But I couldn't be more excited to play this. The game was awesome. I'm so glad they announced this. I really thought it was going to be Elden Ring DLC, the way he was like pumping it up. Um, and like he seems so excited and I know he's like a huge Elden Ring fan. Um, it wasn't Elden Ring, but like I'm super stoked this is what it was. Like this game makes me wish I could like go back in time and have played the original like Final Fantasy VII and then be excited for this. Like Final Fantasy is not a series I've ever engaged with, but it is the kind of game like I'm gonna do something I've never done before, which is like watch a game on YouTube so that I can like just see how different this um like rebirth is from like what happens in the original final fantasy 7 because like as far as my knowledge no and like no developers have ever done this before they like remaster like re-put out their game but then secret t- surprise it's not actually the same game and there's this crazy like meta narrative story going on where things are different and like but they're not supposed to be and then that's messing with like the universe and I just think that's so incredibly cool. Like, I don't want to play this game, but I want to, like, pour over it and, like, study it. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah it's that, fascinating. that is going to be me before, like, in the build-up to this game, I'm going to be, like, just watching as much, like, Final Fantasy VII stuff as I can. Yeah, I think I'm in the same boat, too, just because, like, I, the more I can learn about it before then, I'll have more context for this. This is a similar game to that um, situation we were talking about before, how, like, there's so much knowledge of the previous game that they can now use that to circumvent your expectations and make more surprises, <laughs> you know? Um, like, is Tifa going to die, you know? Like, there's a scene in here where right. it's, like, pretty dangerous looking, and, you know, Aerith didn't die in the first one, so now is it, like, a swap? Or is that what they mm-hmm. want us to think, and it actually, like, no one will die? Or will it be Barrett? or like it could be anything right like it's so mm-hmm. interesting in that way because you're expecting a death but you don't know like when it's gonna happen and um this that's is one like of my... the ultimate goal of fanfic but instead of being like you know not to say that no fanfic is ever good like i'm sure there are like so many well-written things out there but but typically that like you know expectation of a fanfic is it's of like lesser quality than the original you know it's not made by someone who's like that's their main like profession but this is like like the highest tier quality but a like what if and and that's so incredibly cool 
to have that from like the actual like studio that made the first one. Mm-hmm. Totally there. And uh, along with Final Fantasy 16, I will be playing this on day one for sure. Thank God it comes out a little bit later because I need some time to, <laughs> to get through some other stuff. Um, but yeah, that is the end of the showcase. So um, yeah, that was a lot of stuff to go over. Um, fun fun showcase though. And I loved the way it ended with uh, that exciting footage of, of uh, Final mm-hmm. Fantasy VII. So I guess that will lead us into the second part of our show here today. Um, so thank you all for skipping on the timestamp down here if you're joining us now uh, to talk about the Lies of P demo, which is something that... Um, I was very excited to have announced yesterday or when we watched the showcase and that it was coming out and you could play it right away. And, um, you know, we're big fans of Bloodborne on this show as anyone that's listened for any length of time will know. Um, and this game is definitely very, very similar to Bloodborne. Um, I don't know. I feel like maybe I'll go over what I have to say about it first because I will definitely have a lot less than you. And maybe we can have a talk Mm -hmm. after that if that will work, um, for you. So, so yeah, this game is is a very Bloodborne focused. You know, it's it doesn't hide that as well. Like I think it's clear what they're doing. Um, so I'm I I like the whole setup of it. Um, I like the way it feels. You know, I think it actually feels something about the camera. I, I was trying to make some notes about this as I was playing, and I couldn't quite put it into words. But I I love the way the ca- it feels like it glides just so nicely, like frictionless. Like you know how when when you see someone with a camera and they have like that support thing in their videography mm-hmm. in real life and they, and they can yeah. move around however they want. And it just stays like a steady cam. I don't know if that's what it's called, but mm-hmm. I feel like this camera kind of has that when you're playing this game. And I, I just really appreciated that. Um, one thing I don't appreciate, why can't I have a map? Like, come on. <laughs> I understand there's some mystery in, in exploring the world and like, you know, uncovering things. And you don't want a map to like lead you to secret areas that you're not supposed to know about. But like, come on, if I've been somewhere, let me open a map to see. Because I, I died at one point and I couldn't figure out where I was supposed to go. And I was like searching for a door that I had a key to. And I'm like, this is a waste of my time, man. Just let me like open up a little map. If people don't want a map, they don't have to use it. But I want one. So give me one. Um, that's like the biggest complaint I had because when you talk about the mechanics, like, <laughs> I don't know. Am I going too long? Do you have something to, to say about this? No, yeah. I just think that's funny because it's just so like, it's so like, yeah. Souls games just don't have maps. Yeah. Like Elder Ring have one and everyone's like, oh my God, this is crazy. Yeah, but map. like, I think that's what's interesting though, right? Because you're coming at it from mm-hmm. a very Souls knowledgeable place and I'm coming at it from a, from a different spot. But like, to me, that's mm-hmm. something that as a traditionally non-Souls person would be something that would make me more interested in playing is to have the option of that and i think it would only like help others that you know could use that as well because getting lost is a bad feeling and getting lost is an even worse feeling when the enemies respawn and they're tough to kill and you can die and it just compounds into like a frustrating experience sometimes but luckily that wasn't my experience i could just see it going forward i had a pretty Mm -hmm. good time with this game from what i played it's a long demo i played up till the first boss you get to and i I couldn't beat him and i was like you know what i'm definitely playing this because it's coming to game pass so I'm not going to, you know, practice up on this right now. I'll give it another try when it comes out. Um, combat's really fun. Parry feels good. I played with the heavy sword. Um, I like the way that it's kind of like L1, R1 is like your block and light attack. And then R2 is your heavy attack. And then L2 is, I guess you can you can punch with your arm. I'm assuming you get a lot more abilities for that. But um, it's a cool setup, like having those different attacks. Um, yeah, I don't know what more to say, really. I, I, I'm really in on this. It's really cool. 
Yeah, that sounds good. I will say off the bat, I'm in on this game as well. I definitely mm-hmm. am going to be playing Lies of P. I played a bit further than you in the demo, but I did stop because I didn't want to spoil the game. So I, I played like I felt like I had enough yeah. of the feel of it. I was like, any more, and I'm just like taking this experience away from me when I do get the full release. Mm-hmm. So I stopped playing. Um, it's very interesting because the game is so Bloodborne <laughs> when you look at it, right? Like it's like steampunky bloodborne yeah the um, UI. Like there's, car- there's carriages everywhere there's like dead horses on the street it's it's steampunk but it's still that like victorian kind of like underlay to it so like it is it is you know very very bloodborne there's like a lady in a wheelchair is one of the main npcs you meet when you get to the first like hub area and it's like okay. oh it's <laughs> one more thing about these characters i just gotta say i love yeah. the way the enemies move around like you know that yeah. guy that comes up the hallway at you with this thing and i'm gonna do this on video for people watching he comes at you like this around the corner he's like He marches around the corner and it's like, this is like, this guy's going to kill me. I know he is, but he's taunting me right now with the way he's fucking walking here. It's amazing. He does. And like, they're very like mechanical the way they move, right? Because they're, well, in this game, they use the word puppet because it's, it's easy to forget, but this is a Pinocchio game. The loading (laughs) bar was one of my favorite things too. Like how it's the nose of like a little thing, like as as the loading Mm -hmm. bar goes up, that's such a cool detail. Yeah. And like your lantern is like a little cricket and like it's it's just so ridiculously and like Geppetto is a big like mythical It's Jiminy Cricket, right? I think it Jiminy is, Cricket yeah. is your lantern. It is, yeah, he's Jiminy Cricket. So it's like bizarrely Pinocchio. But it's easy to forget that it's Pinocchio when you're going around because it's like they're not wooden puppets, they're like mech robot puppets. So they all kind of like move in like weird kind of like, you know, inhuman like as if their joints are like clicking into place. Which I, I quite liked. Um, I think there's a lot of really good style. I think the world is really interesting. That's probably the biggest sell for me just on face value is I think like we haven't really had a good steampunky one. There is that um, Steel Rising, which was reviewed. You know, yeah, but that's not the, not on the same um, scale as like a big release like this. Here. Yeah, not quite the same. Um, and yeah, the world is amazing. Like it's just gorgeous wandering around in here. Like you're at like, you know, old Victorian like train stations and, you know, then out on autumn streets. And so I love that. Um, I think as far as other positives go, I really think they've got some interesting systems. Uh, I, I think it's neat. Like your health files, you start with three of them in the demo. I'm assuming you start with about that in the game and you'll you'll accumulate more but it has a neat mechanic where once you run out you start to accumulate more and so the idea is that the more you hit enemies and fight enemies it like kind of fills up the bar and you can get a vial back yeah but just one just one yeah it doesn't and you have to be completely out too it doesn't seem to regen them like if you have two out of three it it will not start regening it's only when you reach zero but that's kind of interesting because it's got that extra little bit of like well do i press on like Mm -hmm. you know i've lost a little bit of health but i'm close to getting another vial yeah and you know what's best about it too if it was Mm -hmm. able to charge them like if you'd used one and you had like the third vial was empty if you could charge it then you could just farm on small enemies and like fill it back Mm -hmm. up at all times but because it has to be empty it means you're already mm-hmm. going to be in a perilous situation with no healing. And then you're always exactly. going to be in a tough spot. And I think that's so smart. Exactly. So I think that really adds to kind of what makes the flat system interesting in the first place is that like risk reward of do you keep going further out, but like you're running low on resources, do you go back to like 
your safe, your fire, your lamp, or you know whatever the the flavor is of the day, and like oh, you know heal up and then try again. Um, so I like that a lot. I also think it's kind of cool. So um, you have like your main weapon, and then you have like abilities that come with the weapon. So you kind of get this like gauge that fills up, and each ability costs like one pip of the gauge or like two pips of the gauge. For and video listeners, it's the blue bar there at the top. It's Three. the blue bar. And it, it also seems to fill up as you fight. So it's kind of cool because you have these like, instead of just having like an MP bar that eventually will just run out, you're incentivized to use your stronger abilities a little bit more frequently because they will regenerate. Um, so I think that's cool. They seem to be tied to your weapon and also your weapon's candle. So in the demo, I couldn't see a way to take those apart from each other, but I really hope in the main game, there's like an element of mix and matching because I chose the dex build and I hated my weapon. It was a rapier and I will tell you, this has like the worst moveset I've ever had. It's just like the teeniest, tiniest, thinnest forward stabs and nothing else. So like you had to be like absolutely like lined up perfectly to hit anything. But the pommel had a really cool parry on it. So like, oh, if I could take the parry off and put it on a different weapon. Um, so I really hope that's kind of a system because they are broken up in those two elements of the weapon, which seems to me like such smart shorthand for mix and matching. Yeah, um, that's the impression I had too. I I, I mean, yeah. there's no way you won't be able to customize this and break them apart. Exactly. There's going to be some merchant and, I, and it's going to do it for you. Exactly. And I think that's cool just for like striking a good balance of like how you want to build your character. Um, and just having that like extra layer of variety seems really fun to make a move set. Um, so I like that. I really like as well. I, there's a mechanic where like your weapon durability, and that's always a thing in those games, but typically you don't really engage with it. It's just like every now and again, you have to spend like, you know, 200 to repair your weapon. But in this one, it seems to go down pretty quickly and you have an actual like thing on your arm where it like repairs and you like grind it against your arm. And I ran out in a boss fight one time because it's pretty low. And like, if your weapon- My weapon breaks, broke. I had that happen to me. You, you like lose it, right? Like it's like you don't have your weapon anymore. So I was like in the boss fight, like running away from the boss, trying to like grind my weapon on my arm. <laughs> and I think that like I don't know if I like it, but it was fun in that moment. Yeah. So it could be kind of interesting. I I like it. I think it's something that differentiates this game from other mm -hmm. other games in the style. Like they got to tweak it a little bit, right? And similar to like removing the handle, mm -hmm. like you can do the grinding thing like to me it reminds me a lot of monster hunter like monster hunter world monster hunter rise both have like that thing where you got to sharpen your sword throughout the battle and it, yeah. it's similar to like you got to find a good time to heal well now you got to find a good time to sharpen your yeah. weapon too or exactly. make a build where you can carry two weapons and maybe you switch to your secondary weapon once it, the sharpness runs out you know like it adds some exactly. variety in terms of like build it's, it's it's a potential interesting way of like another way of having tension in a fight so and also just i love the animation of it like it looks so cool when he like grinds it along his like his the yeah, it's like sparking off his like metal arm so that's pretty cool you know you finish you kill a couple enemies and you're like standing in the eye like Vroom. yeah <laughs> cool. i did that too uh, you know one thing it took me forever to realize you have to hold that my weapon broke mm, the first yeah. time because i would just press square and he would like touch it to his arm and i'm like oh that must have done it and then I realized after mm -hmm. you have to hold it and I'm like, oh, okay, <laughs> I guess I'll mm -hmm. learn that one the hard way. Yeah. So there's that. Um, yeah. I think a lot of the animations look really good. Like the, uh, when you get like a pair or like a um, backstab, backstab on an enemy, it's got the dark souls. Like you walk up, they're turned away from you. You can backstab them and he just pushes them with the force of like 
500 suns like it's like <laughs> such a fast like boom animation so that's fun um yeah so overall i think it's got a lot going for it i'm definitely gonna play it i do have a couple small gripes with it that i think i either just need to maybe get used to or you know find a way to circumvent but mm. um and and this is maybe unfair because I'm literally playing Bloodborne. Like I stopped playing Bloodborne <laughs> and then started this game up. So like yeah, it's, a it's hard very sell. much like a back to back is is not always fair. But your dodge roll in this game is absolute mm. trash. <laughs> it's so bad. Um, if you could just learn to parry then, everything, Kate. You don't need to roll. Well, that's the thing is I I came across like oh it's Bloodborne cool and it's not Bloodborne. It's actually secretly Sekiro. <laughs> <laughs> because like don't tell me that so... i'm interested in playing this <laughs> no, no no don't worry it, it's kind of in the middle it's, it's kind not. of this is nothing like Sekiro because i had a good time <laughs> i'm just saying <laughs> that's what it made me think of because sure. your your block is so is a lot stronger of a tool than your dodge is so mm -hmm. you really have to approach it like it's not bloodborne and you're going to dodge every single thing you need to block a lot of stuff and then occasionally dodge um, so yeah. I think there's like definitely a flow you need to figure out to play this game. So I, I kind of wish the dodge was a little bit better, but that might just be how I want to approach it. And I need to learn the game thing versus the dodge is just kind of awful. <laughs> mm, fair um, enough. And By then, the way, video listeners, this is the jackass that I imitated earlier that comes around the corner <laughs> and tries to kill him. There he is. That's <laughs> the guy. Um, yeah. And, and then the other thing I have, about it uh oh i find that you are very slow mm -hmm. uh, like you can sprint though which is at least okay you can sprint which makes it better but i find your walk speed just feels a little bit sluggish in the game so that again might be one of those things that's it, you, you'll mm -hmm. it'll go away as you get used to the feel of it but my initial impression was like like a very like low character and i wasn't expecting that based on how these games like typically feel. Um, so yeah, I was a little surprised by that. But overall, I really like it. I definitely will play it when it comes to Game Pass. Um, I'm still finding it hilarious that it's Pinocchio, but like you do <laughs> no. kind of forget about it a little bit as you're playing and like kind of in the moment. Well, you would like, never know this was Pinocchio if it wasn't branded as that. Like there's nothing yeah. about it that screams Pinocchio at all, aside from mm -hmm. that. I mean, I guess the carnival oh. setting maybe. Yeah. Okay. And there's two other things I just remembered. I made notes and then I left them in the living room and now I'm over <laughs> here. So <laughs> there's two other things. One is that, well, three other things. One is that there's big ladders. So it's a slide game. And when you slide down them, it's got such a cool animation. So make sure to slide down ladders. Um, two, there's a couple systems that I think could be really interesting. I didn't get to the end of the demo, so maybe they come up and I just didn't make it that far, or maybe it's just like a tease for the main game. But when you leave into the world for the first time, it's like a rainy night. It specifically says that. Like, it doesn't give you your location. It gives you the fact that it's raining. And first of all, cool heavy rain reference. I'm sure that's all. what they were going for, yeah. <laughs> I think so. Second of all, it, it like implies to me that there maybe might be some like world permanence, like maybe like time will progress or the world will change. And so like tonight's a rainy night, but maybe like tomorrow mm. will be like, a, you know, like a clear morning and that might change the game a little bit. So that could be really cool. And my other potential theory of what could be a neat system in the game is that like when you get to the building, this is a small spoiler for you because you didn't quite get there, but when you get to the first building, they ask you, um, if you're a human 
and you have to lie and say yes because you are a puppet but puppets in this world are they are an incapable of lying so that's like your fun pinocchio reference uh, but they're incapable of doing it but you for some reason have the capacity to lie as a puppet so you mm. lie and you get invited in and everything's fine you have to like hide that you're a puppet but it seems like there's like kind of like something that's gonna be like catching if you're lying like mm. almost like, like it's your gonna nose be, like, will something... grow. yeah or like something in the background that's being like tracked like i got the sense of like the game remember that you lied and maybe like there's gonna be some like mechanic of like if hmm. how much you lie might change things which is like interesting really interesting so yeah I, I don't know there's like a few things that i think like aren't in the demo that or at least not in the parts that i played that might hint at like there being like a few more unique systems going on but it wow. might also be me reading into things that you know maybe it's just raining <laughs> but you never know <laughs> yeah i think that's uh, to wrap this conversation up because we're a pretty long episode here but i think mm -hmm. that's the thing that i'm most interested in about this game like beyond playing it myself because I, I did have a good time is this game is clearly doing a good job at minimum of emulating a lot of things Bloodborne does. But a lot of what mm -hmm. brings, correct me if I'm wrong on this, but a lot of what brings the FromSoft in-house stuff to the top is what goes beyond the mechanics in terms of like the world design and the lore and like all that stuff. And I hope that because this is not a game from them that they don't nail like the surface level, like combat and mechanics and like the, the world and kind of miss on that intricate map design and like, the lore and like the little tidbits here and there, like I, because that's so from software, right? like that's their juice. Mm -hmm. And so I just hope that it nails those things. And it's not like one of those things where you're thinking of it in this complex way. And like a lot of people will be, and then it doesn't actually have that level that from soft or other companies could take it to. Mm -hmm. I, I don't know if that's true or not, or like how you feel about that, but that's the only thing yeah. I can, I can we'll see, see being potentially I... like people would have higher expectations of yeah. this than it ends up being. I don't think I'm right My... on that. But. My guess going into it, and we can see if I retain this after I played more of it, is that I actually have more confidence or like higher hopes in that element of it. I think gameplay doesn't feel as polished to me as a FromSoft hmm. game. Like I think it's just FromSoft is like S tier. This feels like a good A. Like I think it's just it's not quite feeling like a FromSoft to play, but it's definitely still in that style and it and it's fun. Um, but I actually think like there's a lot of item descriptions to read and you find little like pages of messages that you can read throughout the world and the world seems really neat and like Geppetto's being built up as this like mystical figure that made the puppets and probably going to be evil in the end. And so I think like the world and the story actually do seem like they're going to be pretty neat, whether or not they'll go like from soft levels of like, you know, you can watch 500 hours of lore videos, <laughs> maybe not. But I actually think that element seems pretty interesting yeah. so far and like as weird as it sounds is one of the reasons i want to play lies of yeah pinocchio. never you know never before have i been so convinced that i'm interested in pinocchio lore but i kind of am and yeah you're right there is notes and stuff i guess i guess more what i'm saying is like are they going to end up being holistically connected in a way that tells this deep narrative yeah. in the way the from stuff stuff because a lot of games have mm -hmm. little notes you can find but they don't add to anything they're just little flavor things in the world like i just exactly. hope they kind of edge more towards like what makes the souls exactly. to give this what? like the whole experience exactly i have my fingers crossed so far it seems promising um and you know what i will say to, to cap this off i really feel like this evening and last 
uh, yesterday morning when I played. I've had some moody Pinocchio vibes in my house. <laughs> Your room's looking pretty moody Pinocchio right now. It's dark back there. Like there's a shadow of you behind you. That's right. Yeah, man, I, I started dying and I was like, you know what? I got to fix the vibe in my house and now I'm okay with the game. So, there we you know. go. Well, we will have lots of fun exploring Krat Station in a short little time uh, once we get this game on Game Pass. Um, we're both going to play it for sure. So um, if you like what we had to say about it, I'm sure you can tune in to some future episodes to hear all about Lies of P. But um, this is usually where we do listener mail, everybody. But of course, we already did that at the start of the show. So we'll end off by saying thank you very much for joining us on today's episode. Um, I'm sure we could talk about this more, but, you know, it's been a while. It's been a, been a long one. So we're going to we're going to call it here. Um, and remember, this has been Cloud Control, the gaming podcast. It's not just good, it's good enough. And we will see you on the next episode.